Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1372. What are you waiting for? This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from Chattanooga, Tennessee, Jeff Stump. Jeff, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. I'm buckled up and ready to go. You are always ready to go. And I'll tell my listeners, here's why. Jeff Stum is the director of The Great Race, an annual vintage automotive driving event that has taken place in the United States for the past 36 years. The drive has grown to unprecedented heights, from a record number of rookies to overall number of teams. Jeff grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, and saw The Great Race for the first time in 1987. He participated in the event in 1994, competing through the years with friends, his father, and even his wife. He had a career in the newspaper business for almost 25 years, and he has owned over 50 classic cars, ranging from a 1916 Hudson to a 1965 Chevrolet Bel Air. The great race began in 1983 and has raised thousands of dollars for charity over the years. In 2010, Corky Coker of Coker Tires took over leadership, and the company he founded owns the event to this day under the leadership of past Cars Yacht guest Wade Kawasaki. So, Jeff, I've told our listeners just a little tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment before I jump into the questions and share a little bit more about your career and your passion for going on really long drives? Mark, you did a good job. I would just add that uh, I'm passionate about cars like all of us car guys. It started a long time ago as a, a teenager. I was driving used cars at the time, 69 Camaros, things like that. I had a 71 Chevelle. and But the more I got into cars, the more I learned about older cars and kept buying older and older cars till I even have cars from the 19, from 1915 now. So oh my gosh. Uh, it's just a, it's a fun, you know, for a long time, I wasn't in the industry. I was in the newspaper business, as you said, and the, the old cars was, was, were my hobby. And that's how we got interested in the great race, did the great race for many, many years, for over a decade, and then had the opportunity in 2010, got out of the newspaper industry and partnered with Corky Coker to 
he bought the great race and with, you know, Coker Tire bought the great race. And, uh, he said, I'll buy it and you run it. And I said, okay. And uh, <laughs> here we go. So, yeah. So it's been, uh, it's been great. It's been almost 10 years and, uh, uh, looking forward to the next 10. Well, no doubt. It's a fantastic event. I learned about it, gosh, 20 plus years ago when I moved up here to the Northwest, the company I was with, and they were starting here in Tacoma, and a lot of the guys were coming in, and some of them needed a place to work on or park their cars. And I had a warehouse at the time in the business I was in, so we invited a bunch of them over, and I think I stayed till one in the morning. There were all these cars parked in there, and we had a little party and talking to all the guys. And fast forward up to the end of the great race this year, I was at the LeMay Museum where the race ended, got to meet you. I uh, got to see a whole bunch of people that were there and participate, not in the best way. Maybe someday I'll get to drive in the event, but I got to see all the great cars and people coming in. It's a fantastic event. We're going to learn a lot more about it, but first, we're going to learn a little bit more about Jeff. And as we continue on this journey of your life, Jeff, I want you to share with us a mantra or some kind of inspirational quote that means something for you. It's a nice way to get those tires rolling here on cars, yeah? So, Jeff, take the wheel. Well, the one thing I tell everybody, and I guess I try to live by myself, is what are you waiting for? (laughs) I have talked to hundreds and hundreds of guys who call up and say, oh, I've been wanting to do the great race for 30 years. I'm going to do it one of these days. And I always tell them, what are you waiting for? And a lot of them will tell me, they'll say, well, me and my buddy Bob, we've been wanting to do the great race for all these years. And I said, well, what are, you, what are you waiting for? And I said, well, Bob Bob passed away. Yeah, Bob did And I'm make, saying like, well, yeah. you know, double, what are you waiting for? Yeah. <laughs> uh, in my office, I'm sitting here looking at it right now as a picture of a man named Tag Lewis uh, in his 1940 Cadillac convertible going up Mount Washington in uh, New Hampshire in uh, 2018 on the Great Race. He was a fellow that... Uh, he did the great race six or seven times, and you know he was always grabbed his wife and said, "Let's go, let's go." He did everything that he he didn't wait, and he did everything. And he passed away right after the great race ended in 2018. And I use that as a reminder to you know live every day to the fullest and to do everything that you want to do. Yeah, it's a great saying, and it is so easy to procrastinate or put put things off or make up reasons why or excuses. I always say excuses are lies that we tell ourselves. And if you really want to do something, you can figure out a way to do it. I think it's a great mantra, a great thing to live by. And uh, it applies to so many aspects of life. Because you know what? Uh, As we get older, and I'm getting a little older, uh, life is speeding by at a very fast pace at this point in my life. And uh, you just see friends and family and people around you that pass away or things happen to them and they no longer could even do that. So uh, what are you waiting for? I love it. That's a good one. Would you share with us a story that instigated your personal passion for cars? You're obviously a car guy. I mean, you've had so many wide variety of cars, which I think is pretty uh, commendable. A lot of people stick to the same marks or the same genre, same years, but my gosh, you spread it all out. So is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were indeed going to be a car guy? Yeah, I guess, you know, in in high school and not having a lot of money and my dad would help me, uh, I would buy a car for a couple hundred bucks and we would work on it together, sanding it, uh, painting it, uh, mechanics, you know, whatever it, it needed. And it just, 
it's what we did. Uh, we weren't hunters or fishermen or golfers, so it's it's what we did, and it it was our link, I guess, to each other. That was was cars. He he actually uh, raced. Car, my dad actually raced uh, cars back in the fifties with his uh, brother-in-law. Things I didn't know. I didn't know till we started getting the cars together, and and he had some pretty cool cars to, back in the day that were just just used cars. He had a uh, you know Austin Healey. He had a. 57 Ford convertible. He had some pretty, pretty neat cars. Had a, uh, one of the first cars I remember he had was a, a, a 65 GTO, you know, and so he, he, you know, he had a passion for it, still does. And that's where I got it and enjoyed learning about cars from the sixties and then the fifties and then the thirties and then the twenties. So we, we kind of went backwards. Yeah. A little bit. Well, you'll be proud of me, Jeff. Or maybe a little envious. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I just came back from Pebble Beach Car Week and I got to ride in the tour for the first time. I've been ten- attending that event for 31 years. I got invited by past cars head guest Stephen Plaster to drive in his 1913 Rolls Royce. Now it was nothing like the great race, of course, but I tell you, those few hours, two, three hours we got to spend in that car driving down the coast of California. What an experience. I was thinking about you because I knew I was coming back home to be doing this show with you. And I was thinking, I wonder what this car would be like to take on the great race. Would anybody dare to take a car like this on the great race? But it ran like a stellar champ. It, was, it wasn't that fast. You know, it's not that quick, but that kind of made it even more fun. Uh, it was wonderful. Well, you, I mentioned in the intro that you did the great race with your dad, which is pretty cool. Have you done it more than once with your dad? Yeah, we did several times. Um, um, I started out actually doing it with a, then I did it with my dad, and then I did it with my wife, and it's just just been uh, a kind of a family affair for us for I guess more than twenty five years now. Very cool. Well, let's take a look at some of these roads you've driven down. Talk about a big challenge or a big failure you faced. I can't imagine what it's like putting on an event like this. There are so many moving parts, so many things to think about, to deal with, to make sure that the guests have a good time, that it's safe, that there's support there for them. Walk us through maybe one of these very challenging times and tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your business and your career and your life. I would have to say one of the biggest challenges we've ever had was in 2012, uh, Coker Tire bought the great race in 2010, and we put our first uh, event on in 2011. Of course, the race goes all the way back to 1983, but uh, no one in, in 2011 was involved in prior years except for me as a competitor. So we really started from scratch, and we had a great first race, and we really were building up. You know, it was right after the recession, and and we were, we were trying to build the race back up to its former glory and, and even greater. And in the second year of us putting on the event in 2012, we decided to go international. And uh, we went around the Great Lakes. We started in Traverse City, Michigan, and we went up through Ontario, Canada, spent four and a half days in Canada, then came back into the States uh, at Thousand Islands, New York, and then worked our way through Pennsylvania, Ohio, and then back to Michigan again. So we kind of made a little circle around the around most of the Great Lakes. It was quite a challenge so early on. I, I think we were 
You know, if we'd have really thought about what we're getting ourselves into, we might not have done it. Because I look back now and go, how did we pull that off? Because the event was growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, Before Coker Tire bought the event, the average number of participants, uh, cars in the event was 75. Uh, We started our first race in 2011 with 67 cars. And the very second year, we had 99, and we were going around, you know, going around the Great Lakes. So, quite a challenge, quite a task. Um, I, I don't know that there were any failures, but we we sure learned a lot uh, by doing that. No doubt, can't even imagine. My goodness. Well, like I said, there's so many moving parts of this thing. When you start to think about it, all these people, you've got to make sure they've got places to stop and rest if they have problems, parts. Food, insurance, um, marketing. I mean, oh, and then the weather throws you a curve. I'm sure once in a while it does. makes things, yeah, makes things because a lot of those cars as they come in, they're open cars. These are people in open cars. So, uh, weather can be a factor. Incredible what you're able to pull off every year. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special vehicle. Maybe that first vehicle that you got that really had great meaning for you. You know, I've had so many cars. In fact, you said that I had 50 cars. I think it's a, I have almost 20 now. So I think I've probably had over 150 cars uh, in in my life. So all special for one reason or another. But I bought a 1916 Hudson Cabriolet. It's the only one of its kind in 2004. Uh, So it's really a more recent uh car for me. Uh, but it's a very special car because we wanted to do, we were we were looking for a new car to do the great race in. The older your car, the better factor you get off of your score. So bought this car from a good friend of mine in New Mexico, and we took it on the 2005 great race. And uh, my wife was my navigator. We got all the way from Washington, D.C., to uh, Mount Rainier in Washington. The finish was in Tacoma, and we threw a rod through the block uh, near, uh, I think it's Parkland, Washington, at the base of Mount Rainier. And so we had to wait on the the sweep truck, and we were we were out there for about an hour, hour and a half, watching all the other cars go by, waving at them. You know, you know, everybody's had. Gave gave us frowny faces because they hated to they see us on yeah. the side of the road. But that car was very, very special. In fact, we didn't know it at the time, but uh, my wife was pregnant at the time with our fifth child. Oh, my gosh. And so when we got <laughs> wow. back, she said, boy, this, that race took a lot out of me. I'm not I'm not feeling well. And we found out that, that she was several months pregnant at the time. We just didn't know it. So we actually ended up naming uh, our our son Hudson, and then I gave him that car. That is that's that's now his car. Oh, how nice! What an awesome story. Oh well, turning uh, lemonade out of lemons, I guess is the way to say that one. But uh, yeah, I can understand in that uh, small short tour I took in Pebble, there were definitely I think I counted maybe three or four cars that had pulled off the road and that had some kind of little thing going on with them. But uh, you always feel kind of sorry. For folks that when that happens, but on a race as long as the great race, oh my gosh, there's so many opportunities for the cars to break down. But I love the fact that uh, you carried on, persevered, and a good story came out of it. Fantastic. Now, how about seller's remorse? This may seem like a silly question for a guy like you that's had 
so many cars, but if you could think of one car you let go, you wish you still had, can you come up with an answer? Yeah, it was, that's the easiest question of all. I had a 1962 uh, Impala uh, Super Sport convertible, 409, 409, four-speed. It was, uh, I bought it in 90, 1998. I think it sold it a, sometime after the turn of the century, right, 2001. The only thing that I didn't like about the car was it was anniversary gold. That was the 50th year of Chevrolet in 1962. In hindsight, uh, that car's probably worth, just in the last, was that been 18, 17, 18 years, that car's probably worth three times what I sold it for. As I've gotten older, I appreciate uh, colors that are not red. It was actually, in hindsight, it was actually a, a very beautiful color on that car. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, I think what we do when we age, Jeff, is we mature a little bit. I'm the same way. I always was kind of stuck on red or silver or whatever. And now I really like cars that are very unique colors. They were very unique at the time that people either loved or hated. And uh, yeah, I, I like special colors as well. Well, I would love for you to share a little bit about this year's great race. And like I said, I got to be there at the end of the race when all you folks rolled into the LeMay Museum. It was really a fantastic day. And then after you talk about today's race, maybe a little bit about that, talk about what people could expect next year in the great race. Well, we had probably the best great race we've ever had in 2019. It was definitely the most scenic. Started in Riverside, California. And the great race takes back roads. And we take the scenic roads. We will might take three or four times longer to get somewhere because we're not going to just drive down a road. We're going to take a lot of side roads and a lot of side trips, a lot of twists and turns. So when we uh, left Riverside, California, we went over the Cajon Pass out into the desert. And uh, the first overnight stop was in Lancaster, California. It was 100 degrees. And everybody's like, oh, it's so hot. And the locals said, oh, no, no, it's about 15 degrees uh, cooler than normal here. Uh, <laughs> but it was triple digits. Um, the next day we went up to Gardnerville, Nevada, which is just south of Carson City. And that's actually on um, Highway 395. It's actually a spectacular drive. And there's a lot of altitude that you don't realize. I think we went over about 8,000 feet, but it's a gradual. So we actually lost more cars on that day than any other day because of the the heat in the morning. And then the altitude, and it really got to the cars. And that was because of the lack of roads out that in that side of the mountain range. It was a little bit of a drive down the road day, which is is kind of unusual. Uh, and then we, um, the third day, we came back across the uh, mountains, went by uh, uh, Lake Tahoe, went uh, through Truckee, and over the Donner Pass on the old uh, the old highway. Just spectacular views. Went into the uh, Central Valley of California. Eventually, we went and ended up on the coast of Northern California uh, at Eureka 101 to uh, into Southern Oregon. Went uh, up the Rogue River a ways, crossed the Rogue River in Oregon on a one-lane bridge and came back. Made our way over to Grants Pass, Oregon, which is a great car town, by the way. Grants Pass was voted the best overnight stop on the race this year. Made our way to Crater Lake, which is the most amazing site that we saw on the on the event. Into Bend, Oregon, uh, up by uh, Mount Hood, into Hood River, Oregon, then over down the Columbia River to 
Vancouver, Washington, went all the way out to Astoria, across the bridge out there, the furthest west that the Great Race has ever been, ended up in uh, Tacoma for the finish at, at America's Car Museum. Just a just an amazing two weeks. The, the event itself is nine days, about 2,300 miles each year. We'll start on a Saturday and finish on the following Sunday. And it's just an, it's a great experience. It's on every car guy's bucket list. You know, there's three kind of car guys. The guys who's done the great race, the guy who knows somebody who's done the great race, and the guy who is going to do the great race one day. <laughs> Absolutely. What does the great race have in store for participants in 2020? Well, for 2020, we're going to start in San Antonio, Texas, right in front of the Alamo. You know, the great race sells out every year by the end of July for the following year. So it takes 18 to 24 months now to get into the, the great race. And we'll start in San Antonio, make our way north through Texas into Oklahoma. Uh, we will be uh, near Tulsa. Uh, we'll be in the Joplin, Missouri, make our way over to Cape Girardeau, uh, Missouri, cross the Mississippi River there into Kentucky. We'll spend two and a half days in Kentucky. Then down through West Virginia, we're going to cross the New River Gorge Bridge, which is an amazing site if you've never seen it. Just an incredible structure. And we'll end up down through Virginia and, and North Carolina with an overnight stop in Mooresville, which is home to Dale Earnhardt Jr. and many other NASCAR racers. And we'll finish finally in Greenville, South Carolina. Probably one of the best secrets on the East Coast, Greenville, South Carolina. Just a incredible town, and it's going to be a, a, a wonderful finish for our event in 2020. Sounds fantastic. I'll remind our listeners you can find out more about The Great Race at greatrace.com. So, Jeff, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars yeah sponsors. When you want proven performance, there's one brand that's been around since 1938. That's Edelbrock, building the finest American-made performance products for the street and track. Edelbrock's products are designed and dyno-proven to deliver maximum results. Edelbrock has thousands of made-in-the-USA performance products for all makes and models. From their new AVS2 carburetor and innovative ProFlow 4 EFI for your muscle car or truck. To superchargers for your daily driver and more, visit edelbrock.com to check out the latest products for your ride and when you're ready to check out enter cars yeah in the coupon code and get 10 percent off your order that's edelbrock automotive performance since 1938 you take care of your cars but who takes care of your investments tune-ups aren't just for engines updating your financial plan is important too your gps may take you from a to b but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified. And he's a car guy, too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com. Or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of 
thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Okay, Jeff, we are back, and I have a bit of an introspective question, kind of gets you into your head a little bit. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, what would Jeff be and why? Uh, I would say I would be, because I've matured through the years, uh, getting a little more gray, I would probably be a Packard town car or limousine from the 1930s. Nice. (laughs) I like it. Saw a few of those beautiful Packards on the line of Pebble. Fantastic, beautiful, beautiful cars. I would imagine a very fun car to take on the great race as well. It would be. We had a uh, a 12-cylinder Packard uh, 37, I believe, on the great race this year. Wow. Um, just, a, just a beautiful uh, machine. Yeah, very nice. All right, we are entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that Packard throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Oh, my dad just making me uh, uh, do things uh, all the way through. Uh, he was is a perfectionist. I think that that's always don't don't cut any corners. Um, yep. Do it right. Good advice. How about a personal habit of yours that you believe has contributed to your successes over the years? Well, I enjoy life, and I'm always looking forward. I'm always looking ahead, and and what exciting adventure can I do? I'm always planning. My son is has been in the Marines for five years. He gets out mm. in a in a, a couple of weeks, and we are taking a week to drive from the West Coast back here to Tennessee in a mm. 1960 Corvair. Oh my gosh! How fun! <laughs> That's yeah, great. especially I'm 6'3 and he's 6'5. We'll, oh my we'll gosh. See how that goes. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a little car. Well, hoorah to your son. Uh, my father in law was a Marine. Uh, love the Marines. Thank you for his service and for your service because Marines' families uh, are part of serving this great country that we have. So, hoorah uh, to your son. And that sounds like a really fun way to uh, come back home. So, very, very cool. How about a resource out there that you think our listeners would enjoy? Uh, without a doubt. Uh, to me, it's Hemings Daily. Uh, you can subscribe in the, every morning. I don't drink coffee, but if I did, I'd have my cup of coffee and read the the Hemings Daily. It's just a it's just a fun thing to keep up with what's going on in, in the automotive world. Absolutely. Speaking of drinking, if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? Well, I would say Lewis Chevrolet. Oh, uh, I, I just okay. I always like to go against the grain. Everybody else is probably saying Henry Ford. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Lewis Chevrolet was very fascinating that his name is on uh, so many automobiles today. And I don't think many people know who he was, you know, and, and later in life, um, he didn't have two nickels rubbed together. And he was uh, he worked in the Buick factory, putting taillights on, on cars um, oh, I didn't know that. Just a fascinating, wow. fascinating guy that, and and te- a lot uh, is very telling of the automotive industry at that time that you could be so hot one minute they name a car after you, 
and within a decade, you know, he he wasn't even involved in the uh, company. They was bought out very cheaply and kind of kind of sad in a way. Too. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. In fascinating. Well, how about a book? Is there a book you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, I just read a book, and it was fascinating. It's not well known, and I'm not sure I'm even going to get the title exactly right. I think it was uh, Travels with Harry and Bess, and it was about you could you could find it by Harry Truman when he was first out of office after being president of the United States, got in his Chrysler 52 Chrysler, and with his wife Bess, and they drove across the country with no reservations. They would walk into these little towns in West Virginia and Ohio or wherever they were, and they'd stop in at a restaurant, you know, diner at the time, and they would be eating, and they would stay at a the downtowner hotel and things like that, and people whispering, that's, that's Terry Truman. No secret service. Um, very interesting that that was just a little, you know, 60 years ago plus, and how times have changed. I mean, can you imagine one of the former presidents now driving his own car and just stopping at, at a diner and uh, traveling the country with no secret service. It's just very telling of a, of a, a great time in our country. And uh, it's just, it's interesting. It's a very interesting book. Yeah. I think the, the title to that book is Harry Truman's Excellent Adventure. That's it. That's yeah. It. And the yeah. subtitle is the true story of a great American road trip. Yes. Uh, yeah. You. Very. Yeah. Very fascinating books by Matthew Algio, and I'll make sure that you can find a link to that on Jeff's show notes page and the Cars Yeah website. There's a great place in the site, by the way, called Guest Recommended Books. It's under the Resources tab, and this book will be listed there, there you go. with a quick, easy click to buy, along with well over a thousand books that my past inspiring automotive enthusiasts have recommended. Wonderful reading there to keep you busy for days and years. So. Check it out. I think I'm going to check that book out. I've never read that book. Sounds it's good. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jeff, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy, especially for a guy with a lot of cars. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collected car on the planet. Doesn't matter where it is. Even if it was sitting on the lawn, maybe it was that Bentley that won at Pebble Beach last week. But here are the rules to this game. It's the only collector car you have. That makes it hard for you, I would assure you. You have to drive it, though. No garage queens allowed here, but that's not a problem for Jeff. He loves to drive, and you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with, so that little trick is off the table. So just for today, if you could only have one car in the garage, what would it be? That's a tough one. Um, yeah, I, mean, I know. You, can always, <laughs> you could always go with a Duesenberg, uh, yeah. something like that, especially in my world. But I'm going to say a 1962 Bel Air 409, 409, four-speed bubble top. Oh, now you threw me for a loop. Um, On a cream color, too. Well, you know, I love this, but again, you kind of tripped trip me up. I, I wouldn't expect this car. What is it about this car you like so much? I had a, I had one, was probably my, is my second most regrettable car to sell. It was satin silver and had a blue interior, interior. I guess it was called Aqua. It was all stock, you know, stock. Uh, fun car. Beautiful, probably one of the best looking cars ever, ever made. Yeah, very interesting. Well, you know, I always get a little surprised with that question, but I like that. I like that because as I get to know you through this talk, I try to think, what would this guy pick for that one car? And 
Sometimes it's somewhat obvious, but other times like this, uh, you kind of threw me for a loop, but I like that about you, Jeff. (laughs) You have taken us on a great ride, the great race, as we say today. I knew this would be fun. I really enjoyed getting to know you better. Plus, I got to meet you at the end of the great race, and I rarely get to meet most of my guests, so that made it extra special for me. I want to thank you for sharing the amazing journeys you've had over the years. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off to the sunset in that 62 Bel Air? I would just say, get in your car and drive it. Get in your old car and drive it, especially uh, with Coker Tire owning the great race. Wear out those old tires and come buy some new ones, but drive your old car. They're not, uh, they're not meant to be. They are, they are artwork, but they're meant to be driven. Absolutely. And of course, our great friends at Coker Tire, uh, Wade Kawasaki, who runs that fantastic business, his son, Tim, a shout out to Tim and his wife. They just had yeah. a baby. Wade and Rose are grandparents now. Very, very cool. I learned about that uh, at the, the Pebble Beach Concourse. So uh, congratulations to them. Uh, yeah, if you need some cool tires for your car, Coker Tires, that's the place to go. I bought tires for my old cars there. Fantastic company. They got more than tires too. Wheels, all sorts of great things. And what's the best way for people to learn more about the great race? You told them earlier, greatrace.com. There you go. It's pretty easy. Check this out. If you're going to be anywhere along the race, you can go to the website, find out where they're going to be driving by. You can wave and cheer the folks on. Better yet, look down the road and you know what? What are you waiting for? Get out there and have some fun in the great race. Jeff, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for calling in. This has been great fun. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on Mav TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find Mav TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!